salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish. March Madness is upon us. The championship week is over. We are past that stage in our college basketball careers where now we're looking at the big dance. March Madness is about to get underway. It's an exciting time if you're a big fan of college basketball, men's and women's. Shout out to all the men's and women's teams that have made it to this point and are waiting for the announcement of their teams to be entered into the big dance. This is where we spend the next two weeks, a fortnight of basketball mayhem that goes on from the Tuesday, that first Tuesday, I believe, is on the 15th, leading up to the final four, which is about two weeks later. And for those that have been following basketball to this moment in time, as the song goes, this is a moment where we're we're now looking to see which teams will advance. We have brackets out there. I know a lot of people spend their times set up their brackets to see if they're going to win, if they pick the right teams to advance and go to the championship and all. So shout out to you guys that do this every year. It's deliberate. It is supposed to be for fun. Some people actually do it for some money, for some kids' ass. I get it. But most of it is for fun. And best believe I, I have my own bracket set up. And I'm trying to do both men's and women's this year. I usually try to do men's. But I'm just basically trying to lay out the blueprint of how the next two weeks will look for college teams that are competing uh, for the next few weeks. And, you know, the projected favored teams, the teams that are supposed to be selected number one within their brackets, their set brackets, uh, it's broken up into four brackets. it's, I believe the brackets are set up based on regions. So you're talking about the East region, you're talking about the Midwest region, the West region, and the South region, if I'm correct. And the projected number ones, this is where you really don't, I don't know, maybe maybe I don't put a lot of, I don't put a lot of stock into it, but the projected number ones are Auburn, Arizona, Baylor, and Gonzaga. And, you know, like I said, I know how these number ones are usually selected. It's all a question of how well they do during championship week that might determine if they're a number one seed or number two seed within their bracket, so within their regions. And, you know, outside of the names I just gave you, there's other teams that have every chance of being a number one or number two seed. But one of the, one of the teams that we're not naming as a number one seed, which could be, this team could very well be a number one seed. Is Duke University. Shout out to Duke University. They have a coach by the name of Mike Krzyzewski that after this season will no longer coach college basketball. Almost said football. College basketball. He has been the head coach for Duke University for over 40 years. He has close to 1,200 wins, which is all-time best for Division I basketball coaches. He has a number of trips to the Final Four. I want to say 15 or 16, along with five national championship wins. 
needless to say, if you're talking about Meisterchevsky, you're talking about a legacy that no other Division I basketball coach will match. And it may be years. It could be 40-some-odd years, maybe 50 years before we see any coach come remotely close to that accolade. And, you know, there's a part of me, there, there's a strong part of me that wants to congratulate Coach K for the accomplishments that he's done both on a collegiate level and a professional level. For some people, they forget that he was a head coach for the United States men's basketball team as they entered the Olympics. And I believe he has two or three gold medals. So needless to say, when you're thinking about Mike Krzyzewski, he has a bulletproof career resume showing what he's accomplished in his time at Duke. And mind you, he did serve some years at West Point as well. Shout out to West Point. So when you're thinking about Coach K, if you if you follow basketball this long, you there, there's everything about him that you can love about him. The way that his teammates, um, actually the way that his team treats him, the way that his uh, alumni treat him, the way that his former teams have treated him, and and and, and those that he's coached over years, they all are just in his awe. They're all. Uh, so happy and delighted and excited and, and mesmerized and saddened and you know there's so many superlatives that you can think of for Coach K and how we want to acknowledge him as he walks out the door for the last time in a Duke outfit interesting enough though the game that I saw recently prior to championship was the game that they held at Cameron Indoor Stadium for the last time as a Duke coach. And I'm bringing this game up because it's something about this particular game that made me think a little bit harder, a little bit deeper, as to the personality of Mike Krzyzewski. And if, if you don't mind me just talking a little bit about him, for what I know of him, he expects 100% out of every person that he coaches. That's cliche, and I know. But with Mike Krzyzewski, the workouts, the practices are rigorous. And it's physical. And it's taxing. And it's frustrating. And it's embarrassing. And at some point, in your, it really challenges your will. It challenges who you are as a man to be able to withstand that harshness that he brings upon those guys, his players, in practice. Then I guess the thought process is if you make it hard in practice, then it'll be much better when it's time to play the games to understand what his philosophy is to win for success and I get that and I do respect that for a coach there's a part of me that can appreciate what Mike Krzyzewski has done 
with this Duke organization, this Duke University, this Duke institution for so long because it really is the epitome of college basketball every season. A lot of what we see in college basketball might stem from what we might have seen at some point through Duke. A lot of his disciples go out and they become coaches and assistant coaches. And before long, that same philosophy that he's taught for so many years and now has been spread, widespread, across Division I basketball. But they played last Saturday night. And they played against their rival, University of North Carolina Tar Heels in Cameron Indoor Stadium. And needless to say, when we saw the beginning of the game, we saw the time that they spent, maybe about five minutes, acknowledging and and, and dedicating that moment to Mike Krzyzewski. He was teary-eyed, he was emotional, he held it back, he was being strong, and and that's great. And then the game started. And before long, we saw Duke go out there and the five guys they had on the court explode practically out the gym. And we saw what happened with Duke as they entered halftime with, I believe, a two-point lead. And I think many people honestly believe that Duke had this game under control. I think if you've never followed Duke before in your life, you would have thought that this Duke team had the potential of being a national championship team. And then the second half happened. North Carolina makes adjustments. They play with a little bit more spunk, a little bit more integrity. They play with more confidence. They really went out there and ripped the ball from the Duke defenders. They made some key shots. They made some key steals. They put on some some defense on them, get some turnovers. And before long, the University of North Carolina is up by five points. And before long, the game gets out of reach. North Carolina buckles down, kicks the ball out to their man, hit the three, they hit the three. They're at the foul line 22 times. It just showed the tenacity of this team and how well they played the second half that ended up with North Carolina being victorious on a night that Duke should have been smoking, according to some people. According to some of the alumni there, Duke, they should have smoked University of North Carolina. North Carolina wins 94 to 81. 94 to 81. They put up 94 points on Mike Krzyzewski's final night in Cameron Indoor Stadium. And you know, (laughs) I'm trying to say this with a straight face. And when the game was just about over, they had, mind you, for anybody that watched the game, they had celebrities in the audience. They've had, they had actors, they've had former alum, like I said, athletes, former athletes, football players. Jerry Seinfeld was in the state. It was amazing to be a part of this historical night cost you close to $5,400 for one seat. 
it made you wonder how much of this was college basketball or how much of this was a spectacle for a man that had devoted a lot of time, 40 plus years, with one university. And you know, the commission fully understands where this is going. We get that this is such a monumental moment. This is a historical moment that people will not forget. And after getting crushed by the University of North Carolina, you're never going to forget this. Because this is not how Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K, wanted to end his regular season career on this kind of note. But it did. It happened. And the response was probably more stunning than the loss itself. Mike Krzyzewski takes about maybe two minutes to address the crowd. And without quoting everything verbatim, he comes out and says that, that he was sorry for the afternoon. He was sorry for what happened with his team that afternoon. That the performance that his team put on was unacceptable. This evening, I'm, I'm trying to make the point. And I'm asking questions about what exactly was unacceptable about that loss to your rival team, your rival opponent of North Carolina. What made this game unacceptable? The fact that you thought that you were going to just beat the brakes off of North Carolina? Did you really believe that North Carolina was that incompetent? of a team that they would not be able to put any points up on the board? Did you underestimate what North Carolina was supposed to do and could have done leading up to that game Saturday night? So many questions go behind this. Was this a personal knock at North Carolina for saying that the loss was unacceptable? Because if you ask me, your coaching was unacceptable. The fact that you did not take this team and adjust this team or make adjustments with this team at halftime. They only scored 42% of their points in the second half. They didn't do a thing at the foul line. They could not buy a three-point shot. At some point, North Carolina put on the stiffening defense that pretty much told the tale of just how much North Carolina wanted to win as opposed to Duke. And regardless of who was on that Duke team, you're playing at home. There's no excuses behind this. And he's right. Perhaps it's unacceptable because that was a night that was supposed to cement and pretty much put the icing on the cake of what this coach, Mike Krzyzewski, has done for this Duke University and the organization alumni that are part of this. He did not think that his team was going to lose that Saturday night, but they did. North Carolina had four players, not two, four players, not three, four players with 20 plus points. They had seven steals, North Carolina, to Duke's three. Most of those steals coming in the second half. North Carolina scores 59% of their shots after halftime. And just as I said earlier, North Carolina hits 86% of their free throws to Duke's 75%. 
North Carolina was at the free throw line 22 times, of which they hit 19 of those shots. If you ask me, this was a route. Hubert Davis, shout out to Hubert Davis. He doesn't get enough credit. This is his first year as head coach of University of North Carolina. He knew that he can adjust what needed to be done to win against a team that he saw as fragile, that he saw as inferior. He knew that this team was not mature enough. Talking about Duke. He knew they were not mature enough to be able to match what North Carolina had on that floor. And mind you, he kept the same five guys on the floor for the duration of the game. I don't even think he made any substitutions at any point. I don't think anybody was in foul trouble that they had to worry about, have to bring somebody off. They kept everybody out there and they smoked Duke University. They smoked those guys. But yet, the performance was unacceptable. I think if anything was unacceptable, about his delivery after the game, outside of perhaps sounding like sour grapes, was perhaps the personal feeling he got from this loss. He took it personally because Duke is not supposed to lose to North Carolina on their court. For 40 some odd years of being a Duke coach, he has never experienced a loss like this. And they were ranked fourth in the country, losing to an unranked North Carolina team. This is the first time they've done this since 1990. See, the problem here is this. If you ask the commission, the problem here is this. Coach K is overrated. Coach K has the accolades. Coach K has done what he was supposed to do as a coach, but he's overrated. And that comes in large part because there's a higher expectation for what Coach K is supposed to do with his team season in and season out. The problem is this. A lot of these players cannot respond to Coach K. A lot of these players don't like Coach K. Coach K may not be that ideal coach that you want your son to play under. You look at a lot of guys in the NBA, and then you think about the other guys that were in the NBA prior to the teams that you see over the last few years from Duke. And it really raises the question of why certain players would leave so early after spending maybe just a season under Mike Krzyzewski. See, the thing is this, a lot of guys will go and play ball. They'll go into the professional level and play in the NBA. But if Duke is that strong of a team, if they're that strong of an institution, and if Coach K is the man that you want to play for, in spite of the millions you can earn playing in the NBA, wouldn't you want to devote your time and your focus to what Coach K is preaching and teaching to you? Wouldn't you want to better your game as an athlete so that when you go into the NBA, you stand a better chance of being one of the top picks in the draft? Because I would think that's what really matters in basketball at this point. And there's going to be 68 teams, including Duke, that are going to be out there doing their thing in the next few weeks with all the same purpose. They want to win because it makes the team look better. It makes the name look better. It makes the institution look better. Duke is ranked high practically every season because of Krzyzewski. 
regardless of what you put on the court, they're ranked high because of the way Krzyzewski keeps his players intact, in line, coaches them well. But if these players don't want to stay at Duke, if these players don't wish to go any further than just a season at Duke, it makes you question just how much of an impact Mike Krzyzewski has made on these guys over the last 10 seasons. We've seen a lot of these guys leave after one year with Duke. And I would think that if you want to win championships, you want to devote as much time as you could with Duke. But talk to Elton Brand when you can. Talk to Kyrie Irving when you can. Talk to Jason Tatum when you can. Talk to these guys that didn't want to spend more than one season at Duke because they probably saw dollar signs well far into perhaps any type of career they might have had at Duke. The Jason Williams of the of the world and the and the Christian Leitners of the world and the Grant Hills of the world felt better knowing that they devoted four years of their life with a man that they fully respected outside of the way that he coached his players. But therein lies the problem. Perhaps what you've done to this point has been more damaging than inspiring. Maybe there's a reason why you need to leave Duke. Whether this was something that you took it upon yourself to do, perhaps you decided for yourself that this would be the best way to go out, or maybe people in the faculty, people within the institution, people within the university wanted to make you think twice about your time, your tenure with Duke. They can't fire you. But they can convince you to believe that perhaps what they want from Duke now are more young men to graduate after spending years at Duke University. Mike Krzyzewski is not a saint. Mike Krzyzewski may be one of the better coaches of all time. But you have to understand what Mike Krzyzewski is trying to coach to you. He's trying to provide this knowledge. He's trying to provide some sense of direction so that when it's time for you to play in the NBA, you stand a better chance at surviving in the NBA. But the problem is this. A lot of these guys don't want to buy what he's selling. A lot of these guys are gone before they even have a chance to better themselves and go into the NBA. You think if Zion Williamson stayed just another year or two, just how impactful that team would be, just how strong, how dominating Duke University would be right now. But see, this is what I'm getting at. There's more to this than what I saw Saturday night. And there's more to what Coach K is for Duke basketball. Maybe the time is best for him to go. Because I got to believe, even if guys decide to go into the NBA after a season, I think they would be better influenced to stay if they knew that Mike Krzyzewski was a coach worth staying for four years. So says the commission. Could be a lot more to this than just what I saw and what I get out of Mike Krzyzewski. But I think a lot of where he is right now is just a man that is just so honoring. Somebody is just cranky, perhaps in pain, he's tired, he's frail, he's brittle, he's frustrated, and now he feels like it's time to just leave this all alone. 
his time is up. He's gotten old. And maybe old is not the best way to describe my Krzyzewski. But being 42 years at one university, one organization for that long, it does speak volumes. But you've lost your touch. You've lost the respect of your players. And coming out of your mouth and saying that it was unacceptable doesn't make things any better going into this tournament. I can't say if Duke will win the championship. If they do, we'll know why. But there's no guarantee to that, especially after what I saw Saturday night. It was embarrassing. And I mean, his family was there, and it was nice. It was great to see his wife, his lovely wife, and daughters, and grandkids. But man, understand that what you say cuts a lot deeper than a knife that you can sharpen. A lot of what you're trying to preach to these kids today is not going to, it's not going to provoke them. It's not going to invoke them. It's not going to motivate them. It's not going to put them in a position where they want to do better. They're not thinking about that listening to this man. I think Hubert Davis had a better ear with his team that game and for most of the games this season that Mike Krzyzewski's had over the last five or six seasons with Duke. That's what I just believe. A lot of these guys leave after a year, and these are superstars. Zion Williamson was the number one overall pick coming out of Duke. And now look where he is. I don't think he was ready to take on the grind of the NBA. And there's others like that too, but they'd rather try their chances in the NBA than spend another season with Mike Krzyzewski. That's what I believe. Duke goes into this tournament play, 26-5 record. North Carolina has a 23-8 record going into the tournament. When you look at the records, there's no difference. It's just the fact that we're talking about Hubert Davis being the coach for UNC versus Mike Krzyzewski being the coach for... I don't understand why they're just now being ranked after a complete season of basketball. They play great ball. 23 and 8 is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, they probably lost to some tough team. But listen, this is his first year as a head coach. And he did the impossible by defeating Mike Krzyzewski right there at home, on his home floor, on the last night of his career. For what it's worth, I do wish both teams all the best. And by now, we'll get to see where each team will be placed within those regions. And there's other teams out there that, of course, will make the big dance. Like I said, 68 teams total. It'll be exciting to see. I can't wait to watch. But again, I just want to talk a little bit about March Madness. I'll probably dwell. I'll probably jump into more of March Madness when the time comes. But you have been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am the commissioner. I want to thank everybody again for listening to my podcast. It means that much to me. I'm trying my best to get things right. And maybe this was just a shot in the dark about Coach K. But quite frankly, I'm not the biggest fan of his. I respect him as a coach, as I do most coaches. But I think if he had a better coaching style, who's to say a lot of these guys would not have left for the NBA so soon? I thank God for Jason Tatum. He plays for my Boston Celtics. 
<laughs> but I have to believe if he had stuck around with Duke just a little bit longer, who's to say if he'd be playing for Boston right now? Who's to say? With all that being said, I hope everybody enjoys March Madness. I will be talking more about this when the time comes. Until that time comes, I want to say peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. 